At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Happy Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the start of another edition of the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host here, as always. Remember, you can follow along on Twitter at Danny Burke5. The Cubbies made it close last night, folks, but they couldn't get the job done. The bullpen blows the lead once again. This bullpen is really turning into a disaster like we kind of envisioned it would be throughout the whole course of this season. And then they really surprised a lot of people. You dealt away some of the top assets, and now it's seeming to finally catch up with you. And it has been several spots before, but now it's really been a consistent theme with this Cubs bullpen. So they lose last night 5-4 to four in extras. No news for the White Sox last night except for the Twins getting another win. Now they're on a four-game win streak. They beat the Red Sox 4-2. to two. Guardians had an off day. Like we said, the White Sox had an off day. But tonight, the White Sox will be looking to take on the Kansas City Royals in a three-game series. And then, like we were saying, I believe it's the Twins they get at guaranteed rate field for the next three games. So uh, very, very, and, and every series is important. But of course, against your division foes and a weaker one like Kansas City, an incredibly important series for the White Sox to take advantage of. I think it was against the Tigers where we were talking and saying, I mean, they need to sweep because they had just had an embarrassing performance against, I don't know, it was the A's or some other team that they shouldn't have lost to or split with. And then they did go out and sweep. Well, that needs to happen again against Kansas City. I don't think they have a great chance to make it happen, but you really just need it at this point. So we might as well jump into the betting aspect of this game with the Royals and White Sox. 
because the White Sox did open up as the favorite, but the market's not giving them a lot of love. Chicago opened minus 133 at Bat Rivers, Kansas City plus 115, and the total at 7.5. So the Sox on a four-game losing streak. Royals, they have actually lost their last three out of five games themselves. But it doesn't really matter what the Royals have done as of late, right? Because they're going to find a way to make it tough against the White Sox because that's just seemingly what Kansas City does. Now, we know this game's at guaranteed rate field, so quick weather check. It's going to be like mid to upper 70s. Wind blown out to about right center field, I believe. Or no, actually dead center, pardon me. Nine miles per hour. Total again, open seven in the hook, and it remains there at Bet Rivers with some juice to the over seven and a half, minus 117. The unders minus 103. I'm, I guess, I don't know. I would have made this total at about eight. You got Brady Singer and Lucas Giolito taking the bump. Now, both of these pitchers have actually done well against each respective opponent here, meaning Giolito has had success against the Royals. And two games started this year against Kansas City. Lucas Giolito has gone 10 innings pitched. He's allowed just 12 hits, four earned runs, and racked up 14 strikeouts. Now, the Sox are 1-1 one one in those games, but overall, not too bad in numbers from Giolito. And that's great to see, considering that Giolito has been one of the more volatile pitchers for the White Sox, and really in Major League Baseball. I, I, I guess I don't even know if you call him volatile. It's just been a guy you've been looking to fade, because the market still gives him probably more respect than he deserves. And in a lot of these games, you've been able to cake off of fading him. And then Brady Singer, he's faced the Sox a lot. 22.1 innings pitched. Overall, he's allowed 21 hits, 5 earned runs, 20 strikeouts. He's got a 2.01 ERA against the White Sox this season with a 250 opponent batting average. He's had one bad start against them, to be honest, and that was at Chicago. He went six innings, allowed 11 hits, and four earned runs. So uh, out of all those 22 innings, you know, the damage came from the six innings at Chicago. And yes, this matchup tonight, once again, is at guaranteed rate field. But for the most part, Singer's been able to sustain his success. He's got really good numbers. 7-4, and four, 315 ERA, 111 whip, 355 on his FIP, and then his skill interactive ERA is 337. And his FIP on the road is even better, 324, compared to 373 at home. So again, Brady Singer, man, I mean, just every time the White Sox face the Royals, it's they're facing Brady Singer, it feels like. And Brady Singer has had much success, with the exception of the one game at guaranteed rate field. Can that happen again if you're the White Sox offense? Well, since the All-Star break, and we've alluded to this many times, but the White Sox offense has picked it up at home against righties since about like July 19th, right around the All-Star break. So since then, the White Sox have a 758 OPS, a 331 weighted on base average, and then a 116 weighted runs created plus. Really strong numbers from the White Sox, and it makes you pissed because you're like, how do you have those numbers at home, yet you can't win these games consistently? But with this White Sox lineup, again, Singer's done well against them. There's only been one guy who really has gotten to Singer consistently, and that's Aloy Jimenez. He's 7 of 13 against him with just one strikeout. So that's really the only guy you've seen constant dominance from offensively against Singer. But let's move on to Lucas Giolito now. So as you know, Lucas Giolito has been a favorite amongst betters to fade this season. I've never been the biggest Lucas Giolito guy myself. 
It's easy to say that now, but after his outstanding year, I kept telling my Sox friends, like, yeah, he's going to regress at some point. And it didn't happen immediately, very, very minimally and incrementally, but this season you're really seeing him implode. If he can't get his strongest pitch to hit the target, I mean, he's going to be screwed, right? Well, he's 10-7 and this season. He's got an ERA of 514. His FIP is 409, which is promising. It's not great to have a FIP of 409, but when you compare it to how high his ERA is, that's at least somewhat in the positive direction. His whip is 150. That's disgustingly high. His Sierra is pretty decent at 378. What's gross is how his numbers have looked at home. 671 ERA for Giolito at home. 377 weighted on base average. And a 406 FIP. The FIP, again, in the positive direction. At this point, it's like, I don't care about the positive direction because, again, a FIP in the fours is not great as is. And let's see the damn results, all right? A guy who's had success against Giolito, Salvador Perez, 10 of 28, two doubles, three home runs, seven RBIs, and two strikeouts. Maybe not a bad look if you're looking for some kind of prop with Salvador Perez. That's a guy who's had his number quite consistently. The good news for Giolito in this spot is that the Kansas City Royals on the road versus right-handed pitching since the All-Star break are dead last. 543 is their OPS. 242 is their weighted on base average. And then their weighted runs created plus is 54. That doesn't mean it's going to persist in this spot. It just means this is a team that clearly knows they're out of the playoff race and there hasn't been that sustained offense in any kind of capacity in this specific split. So there's really no excuse for the White Sox to not have the advantage offensively in this game. Yes, again, Singer has been fine, but he did struggle at guaranteed rate field one time, and you've seen him so many times this year, you should finally have his number. The desperation levels, we keep saying it, we keep saying it, but it's true. It should be at the all-time high. And after the disgusting acts you put on the field the last four games, you better win this spot. But there's no chance in hell I'm going to bet it. There's no chance in hell you should be putting your money on the White Sox because why would you trust them here? If you get past the starters, I mean, Kansas City's bullpen is atrocious. 483 ERA with a 152 whip. White Sox bullpen's at 414 ERA with a 133 whip. Look, the market's moved against the White Sox in a lot of spots. At Bet Rivers, Chicago is still minus 132. The Royals are plus 116, but man, I just, <laughs> it's its funny. Like, if I had to bet it, it would have to be on Kansas City. I mean, fading Giolito, fading the White Sox. The day off in between does give a little bit of hope for a little reset for the White Sox. That would be my fear, along with the Royals' struggles on the road against righties. So yeah, I guess kind of full circle, you could see why the total would be a little lower but simultaneously, I could see Giolito just imploding and, hey, maybe the White Sox are able to put on four runs and it's like a 5-4 ball game or something. I'm doing nothing in this spot. Let me know if you are. I'm genuinely curious what you would trust in this game. I, I think it'd have to be Kansas City because of the value, and the market seems to think so as well. Let's talk Cubbies, and let's talk Blue Jays. First time Marcus Stroman is facing his former team in the Great White North, Stroman this year is not at a favorable one. He's 3 and 6 with a 4.10 ERA. His whip is 122, his FIP is 384, and his skill interactive ERA is 378. 
The good news, if you're back in Stroman or if you want to trust him in this spot, he has been better on the road. His ERA is 208, his WOBA is 257, and his FIP on the road is 311. Really great numbers out of Stroman. What's not great is his what happened his last start. I mean, against St. Louis, the dude went five innings, allowed five earned runs, and 11 hits. There's some experience on this Blue Jays roster versus Stroman, but no one really has had that much success. So you got to factor in that narrative of the first time facing his former team. Now, is there a statute of limitation, though? Right, because we look for these certain spots where it's, oh, it's that narrative angle, it's that revenge angle against a former team, but it's been quite some time since he's been on the Blue Jays, you know? If it was like last year or this season, then you're like, okay, that has some merit to it. But it's been it's been a few years, I think, or a couple, however long it's been. And maybe it does. Maybe it's more unique because it's Canada, different country. Maybe it holds a little bit more weight. <laughs> I don't know. But look, I think it will mean a little bit more for Stroman for sure. Because they've asked him about it, so he knows what's on the line in that regard. Now, on the other side, you're getting a great pitcher in Kevin Gossman. Now, his record's 9-9, nine and nine, but his numbers certainly are fantastic. With an ERA of 315, a whip of 126, his FIP is 201. Oh, amazing. And his Sierra is 3-flat. What's weird is his numbers at home. 463 ERA, but his FIP is 247. And his WOBA is 357. It's kind of an anomaly there, but it's not even an anomaly at this point because it's happened so consistently this season. But it's just really a head-scratching thing out of Gossman. He did have a tough last outing at Fenway, went five innings, nine hits allowed, four earned runs as well. Got six strikeouts, though. Not really anybody on the Cubs roster has faced Kevin Gossman. Now, the Cubbies, since the All-Star break, on the road against righties, have okay numbers. 686 OPS, 300 flat with their weighted on base average, and then a 91 WRC+. They're not really okay numbers, I guess, but in comparison to the numbers since the All-Star break for Toronto at home against righties, it's a lot better. 624 OPS, 274 weighted on base average, and then a 78 weighted runs created plus. When we were talking about this game yesterday... I was looking at the grand scheme of things, the overall raw numbers for Toronto against righties at home, and they're like second best overall in that spot. But we know their offense has been struggling, so I thought it'd be a little bit more useful to look since the All-Star break, and clearly you see the huge difference. Toronto's offense has been slumping, but they've been finding kind of dirty ways to win, such as last night against the Cubs. If it were a better team, Toronto loses that game. And it's probably going to be similar tonight. That Cubs bullpen is in a bad place right now. And Toronto certainly looking for all the wins they can get. The Cubs are going to fight. They're going to be competitive. There is going to be a tad bit more of incentive on the side of Marcus Stroman. But I just don't think the Cubs are the right side tonight. Not against Kevin Gossman. Toronto's currently minus 205. They did open minus 227. So a little bit of love in the market has gone toward the Cubbies, who opened plus 185 and are now plus 180. Totals at 8. A little bit of juice to the under, minus 118 at Bet Rivers. Run line for Toronto's plus 108. If you want to take the run of the hook with the Cubbies, it's minus 129. Here's the angle I'm looking at for this game. First five under. Now, shop around, make sure you do your homework, your research, because 
There's a lot of varying numbers for the first five in the state of Illinois. You've seen it anywhere from three and a half to four and a half. And the four and a half that I found, the juice was minus 136 to the under. You could also play the four and the under is minus 120. But I look at that as, hey, I'll pay 16 cents more for a half run. If they end up at four, that's a winner. They end up at four. When you get the four flat at minus 120, you push. Like, I'm, I'm fine laying 16 cents more to get that half run. I think that's worth it. And the reason that I'm playing this first five under, and I know that Gossman's numbers aren't the best at home, but let's be honest. I mean, he's going to be fine against the Cubs. This lineup is probably going to struggle against a great pitcher in Kevin Gossman. The Cubs offense, yeah, it's okay at best in this split, but nothing that you'd be fearful of. And on the other side, for Stroman, well, yeah, he's definitely struggled and he's vulnerable to getting rocked, and it wouldn't shock anybody if he gave up like seven earned runs in this spot. But he's been better on the road, and you've got that chip-on-your-shoulder angle from going against your former team. And a team that we just listed how poorly they have been in this specific split since the All-Star break. The Blue Jays' bullpen has been a little shaky, as has the Cubs. Don't want to get anything involved with the full game. So for the fact that I was able to get four in the hook, I thought it was worth the play. At four, ideally you could get minus 115 or better. If it's at minus 120, I'll pro- I'd probably stay away. But hey, if you're fine laying that to each their own, I'm just saying myself at four, like I would rather do the four and a half for 16 cents more. Would not do a three and a half. If you can get four and get it minus 115 or better, I think that's worth it. If you can do the four and a half and lay less than minus 140, then as I have played it, I do think it's worth it. So that'll be my official play in baseball tonight and for the Cubs and Blue Jays game. First five total under four and a half runs. Okay, enough baseball, ladies and gentlemen. Let's take a quick break and switch over to the gridiron because we've got some Big Ten college football to preview for this weekend and a play that I do have with an in-state team. I'll tell you that next as we continue things on this Tuesday here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Kick off football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. All season long, Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all football related content. So check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and back your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. It is finally football season. Week zero has come and gone, and I never want to talk about it again. But now we've got week one to look forward to, my friends, and we've got some solid Big Ten action a little bit earlier in the week. So we're going to spend today previewing Thursday's games involving the Big Ten teams and then Friday's games as well. Uh, On Thursday, that's when we'll get more so into the weekend efforts. But yeah, let's get started with what we got dealt to us for Thursday. A good one. In West Lafayette, Purdue taking on Penn State. Bet Rivers actually opened this. Now, not all spots open equally, right? 
And Penn State opened two and a half as the favorite. Some spots waited and then they opened four once they saw the market develop. Total opened at about 54 and a half. I was on a VEASAN show last night with Jeff Parles and Ben Wilson. And I'm talking about this game and I'm just saying, man, this one is just making me scratch my damn head. And whatever I end up picking, not saying I'm going to bet it, but if I had like an ultimate final decision, I know the complete opposite is going to happen. That's what I feel like is going to come to fruition with this game on Thursday night, 7 p.m. Central time to be exact. Look, Penn State on paper should have the more talented team and they should be stronger in the trenches. That should be advantageous toward the Nittany Lions, right? I don't know what to expect out of Sean Clifford. I don't know if I want to put any stock into this guy. Like Aiden O'Connell, you know, can light it up in any given outing. We have seen that happen a plethora of times. And that's going to obviously be the advantage on the side of the Boilermakers. Aiden O'Connell in this air raid offense that Purdue likes to implement. They're probably not going to be running the ball that much, and nor should you against this Penn State defensive front. But the secondary of Penn State may be good enough to at least limit the uh, the damage. Originally, I was looking at this when the line was at four and thinking, eh, you know what, maybe I'd take the points with Purdue. Big 10, matchup, right? First game of the year. Purdue's always a tough team to get out against. And man, I mean, Penn State's certainly not the Penn State that we've been accustomed to the last decade. So maybe taking the points would be the right move. I don't know. I'm not going to touch it. At the end of the day, I would consider the over, and I would consider something with Penn State winning this game outright, but it's going to be in an ugly fashion, I think. But I'm not touching this game with a 10-foot pole. Should be fun. I'm looking forward to it, but if I were to get involved, maybe I would do something with the total going over. It's right now at 54 at Bet Rivers. Penn State's minus a buck 75 on the money line. Purdue's plus 138. And by the way, the spread's at three and a half. All right, Minnesota and New Mexico State is the next game Thursday, 8 p.m. Central Time. 36 and a half points is what you're laying with the damn Gophers if you think they can beat New Mexico State by 37 or more points. Look, they probably are capable of doing so, clearly, but there's no chance in hell I'm laying that big of a spread in any sport. All right, total at 53. It opened 57 at Bad River, so a lot of momentum coming toward the under. Yeah, I, not much to say here. I don't like getting involved with games that have that big of spreads, but Minnesota will start off 1-0. Furthermore, Friday, 6 p.m. Central Time, you've got the Michigan State Spartans taking on Western Michigan. Mine is 2500 on the money line for Mel Tucker's crew, plus 1050 on the buyback for Western Michigan. 54.5 is the total. Hasn't moved. Michigan State on the spread, however, has. They opened 16 and a half at Bet Rivers, and like we said, now they're up to 21 and a half. Does Michigan State deserve to be the favorite? Of course they do. Should they be a double-digit favorite? Yes. But should they be over a three-touchdown favorite? I don't know. I'm not so sold on that. I think Western Michigan is going to be a little bit tougher than everybody assumes, or at least not everybody, but the odds makers. Look, they were the 12th ranked offense last year, and Michigan State had the nation's worst pass defense. Now, Michigan State, yeah, they got Peyton Thorne as their quarterback. All right, whatever. Jaden Reed, a solid receiver. And the running game should be good with some transfers. Jalen Berger out of Wisconsin and Jarek Broussard out of Colorado. But Western Michigan should be able to do enough to probably keep this 
within three touchdowns. I'm probably not going to end up getting involved officially, but if I had to bet something, I would take the 21 in the hook with Western Michigan. Michigan State's always a tough team, don't get me wrong, but first game of the year, they're going to be feeling cocky for what they've done. Eh, Maybe they're a little bit complacent to some regard, and it's just a little bit too close for comfort. So I would take the points with uh, with Western Michigan, but again, I haven't played anything with that as at this point. The game that I did play, of course, has to be an in-state school, so make sure you find a way to get involved, and if you can't, well... Hey, maybe you could just chop it up with a buddy and make a bet here. But Indiana and Illinois. In Bloomington, Indiana opened as a three and a half point favorite. The total opened at 48 and the hook. Now, if you go to a different Bet Rivers State website, meaning let's just go to Indiana, you scroll there and you find where the line is because, like we said, you can't bet it in the state of Illinois. No in state schools betting. All right. You scroll down and see what they got in Indiana, and in Indiana, the Hoosiers are now a three-point favorite. Total's at 46, so it's dipped two and a half points, and the spread has dipped a hook in favor of Illinois. Minus a buck, 50 for the Hoosiers on the money line, plus 123 for the Fighting Illini. Now, I'm not incredibly high on this Illinois team. I don't think they're going to end up with a lot of wins this season, but I think they're going to be a team that is a tough out, a very competitive bunch. Brett Bielema in his second season had a pretty good first year. I mean, he's going to be ready to rock, ready to roll. He's going to be ready to have his guys being kind of that gritty squad, I imagine. And them having that week zero win against Wyoming, a team that they limited to just 30 passing yards and a 38-6 win, I think that'll be big for him. If this was a week one game with no prior game beforehand, like, yeah, it's more so in the toss-up spot in terms of the spread, right? I I think it would not warrant looking at Illinois as much. But Illinois has the better defense. Tommy DeVito looked decent, former Syracuse quarterback, and their running back, Chase Brown, even though it was against Wyoming, he ran for 151 yards and two touchdowns. The experience of the first game, the better defense, and a serviceable running game and quarterback compared to Indiana should give Illinois the benefit of the doubt here. So I wouldn't hate taking the money line at the plus price of plus 123 if you told me you were doing that, but just because it's still a Big Ten matchup early on this season, I'm going to take the three points with Illinois. And now it looks like it's going to get to two and a half because the juice is at plus three at minus 113, and I looked around and and like one book did have it at two and a half. So if you want to get involved, I'd recommend doing it sooner rather than later. But I think Illinois is the right side in this game. So I'm back in the fighting Illini. Seldom am I going to say that this year, most likely. But in the spot against Indiana, yeah, I'm going to give the nod to Illinois here. So count me in as an official Danny's Dime, Illinois plus three. That's what I got for early college football action. And as you heard in the part one of this episode, I am going with the first five under four and a half for the Cubbies and the Blue Jays. Those are my two official plays for today and then for some college football this week. And hey, by the way, make sure you kick off college football with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Join Bet Rivers every Saturday of the college football season for a 20% parlay profit boost of at least three legs. With new promotions and props every day, Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook. So download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. It's a whole new game. 
Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Okay, folks, that's going to do it. Illinois plus three. First five under four and a half for the Cubbies and the Blue Jays. Best of luck if you tail. Best of luck with whatever you got rocking tonight. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll catch up again on Thursday. Have a good one.